Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I'm going to talk to you just a few more moments about partnering in prayer. Uh, And you say, well, I know we need to partner in prayer. Yeah, but I want us to focus in on several things. And I just want to refresh us a little bit. Maybe some people don't know these things. And so it will be um, information uh, imparted that will inspire, stir you up, and help us no matter where we are in our walk with the Lord and in our prayer life. Now, years ago, a a lot of years ago, I went before the Lord and and I would would just ask him, Lord, how can our church be more effective at praying? We need to be be hitting the target when it comes to prayer. And so I asked God to show me how I could be instrumental in imparting to people here in this congregation about prayer. And so when I did that, um, it it was just not long that God began to bring things across my path uh, and and began to stir me up in this area of partnering together in prayer. Now, doesn't the Bible say that one can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand? So you keep multiplying the more people that you add to it. And we know that when you come into agreement, you harmonize together in prayer, there's great power in that, right? Okay, Uh, so we can understand then the importance of partnering in prayer. You need a personal, devotional prayer life and getting before the Lord, you know, reading your Bible and praying. You need that. But one thing I know in the body of Christ, this church and any church, it doesn't matter, uh, we can miss it when it comes uh, to partnering together in prayer and praying over specific things collectively as we come together. There's great power in that. And we see in the early church in the book of Acts, we, we see over there how that church came together and they came together and they partnered in prayer and they stood behind Uh, the disciples that were there and, you know, they were going out and preaching with boldness and the people were going out and they were sharing Jesus uh, in boldness. But when they got together, the Bible says in one place that the very place where they were praying was shaken. There was so much prayer power released. And see, we got to understand that. When we pray, there's power released to do the work of God in the earth. And, um, you know, the book of James says that prayer makes tremendous power available. In other words, it's not available unless you pray. And if it, remember that in your own life. And if you need the power of God to work in your life, pray. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now that would tell us that you got to put your heart in your praying. Just this frivolous praying, you don't really, you know, your mind is wondering, you don't even know, half know what you're praying. That's not effectual, fervent prayer. But God wants us to get into the place where we're effectual and fervent in our prayers individually and collectively because there's power released in the earth to begin 
to change your situation to change our situation in the church. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ and Redemption Church, we need a lot of things to happen and it takes power, the power of God to change them. Remember, you know, Ephesians 1 talks about that exceeding great power that's at work on the inside of us. We forget that sometimes. We think that we're just mere human beings, but we're not. We're supernatural. Jesus lives on the inside of us. The power of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, and we pray, and things happen, and things are shaken. Demon powers are shaken. Whether you see it or whether you don't, there's power released when you pray. Amen? So we can understand then partnering together in our praying over specific things uh, causes God to come on the scene and be able to do some things. We are, listen to this, we are enforcers in the earth. What are we enforcing? The covenant. We're enforcing this covenant. And you know, the enemy would want you to believe that you are powerless that you have no ability to see anything changed. Well, you're not the one to change it. You cooperate with God and He changes it. He changes situations and circumstances. But it takes a faith-believing prayer warrior to get some things changed. Amen? Colossians 4, uh, out of the Amplified Version, uh, and it says this, 2 through 4. Be persistent and devoted to prayer. Be persistent in prayer. In other words, well, you know, I pray sometimes. I really, you know, don't pray all the time. Or, you know, one week I'm really consistent. The next week, not so much. But he said be persistent. Keep on and on and on. Does he mean be persistent and don't use your faith? No, you use your faith, but you're persistent. And when you bring things back up to the Lord that you prayed about, how do you do that? You thank him for it. You thank the Lord that he heard you when you prayed over something. And then pray in the Spirit. Why do you pray in the Spirit? Because if you read Romans 8, um, you know, over there, it, it says... Um, when you don't know how you ought to pray, you pray in the Spirit. Now, I pray, and to you know, when we do these prayer meetings, we pray in English as much as we know. But see, if you think you know every angle and every side of that situation, you, you're mistaken. You do not. You're not God. You don't know every angle and all the things that are going on and all the people involved and all the hearts involved in a situation that you're praying about. But when you switch over and you pray in the Spirit, see, a lot of people, well, I, you know, they minimize that and they don't, they don't see the value in praying in the Spirit. But you, when you pray in the Spirit... You're praying the perfect will of God. Read Romans 8, verse 27. But re just read over in there the, those verses around that. And, and 26, of course. And you'll, you'll just begin to see praying in the Spirit is a persistent prayer. That's a part of persistent prayer. Not giving up, not giving up. Be persistent. And listen, I love this word, devoted to prayer. Be devoted to prayer. Being alert and listen and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. Man, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah. 
be alert. In other words, when you're praying, keep your spiritual antennas up to hear things that you need to hear. And it may not even be what you think you're praying about and God wants to reveal some things to you. But be alert and then be focused in your prayer. Know what you're praying. You know, just, just don't wander everywhere. Be, be right on target. Be focused. Know what you're praying about. And bring that to the Lord and pray what you know to pray. See, some people will pray in the Spirit and they just don't pray in English. Well, I don't, I'm not saying that. You pray in English, you pray what you know to pray, and then you pray in the Spirit. And you focus in on things. How many of you know that if you've got a responsibility, a job, a task that you have to do, and you focus in on that, it could have been hanging around for six months and you didn't get it done, but when you focus, knock it out. See, that you have to focus in prayer. You have to focus. You have to, to come to the Lord with specific requests and specific things. And then... I acknowledge, Lord, I'm praying everything I know to pray, but there's just so much about this I don't know and I don't understand. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch over and I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And I know I'm praying exactly. This is, this is supernatural language targeted at something that needs to be changed, circumstances that need an intervention into them. See, if, if we just think about it that way, we're supernatural. We're supernatural. Yes, we're human, but our spirit has been born again. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in us, and so we're supernatural. And he gives us an ability to, to, to go over into the supernatural, to tap in to a realm that we don't see and we don't understand. But nonetheless, we tap into another realm. And we've talked about this before, and some people, just because you can't see things, they think it's not real. Well, you can't see your angel here tonight, but your angel is here. He's real. They're real. Angels are real. So just because you can't see it doesn't mean. And so when you switch over into praying in the Spirit, you get into that supernatural realm and it begins to manipulate. And it begin, I don't mean that in the wrong way. I, I mean it begins to deal with situations and deal with hearts. See, that's one thing about what, you know, the Bible says uh, in Romans, it talks about the searching of the hearts when you pray in the Spirit. And the searching of the hearts, it could be your heart now, could you believe that? When you get in prayer and your motives and things are not exactly right in you, God searches your heart and he begins to zero in on some things. But not only will he do that, he will search the heart of God. The Holy Spirit helps search God's will and extract and pull that out for you. But not only that, anybody that's in a situation that you're praying about it will search their hearts too, and God will begin to deal. So praying in the Holy Spirit in this focused kind of prayer is very powerful. Now listen to this. Um, focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. Now I, I'm going to tell you, I believe so strongly in this. 
And I try to practice it in my life. I don't say every time that I might accomplish that, but I really do try. Living with an attitude of thanksgiving. Number one, to the Lord. If God does something for you, be quick to give Him thanks for that. If it's small, if it's large, it doesn't matter. Some people, oh, well, yeah, it was, it was that. No, you've got to value what God does for you. And if you minimize it and you take it for granted, I guarantee you if you're doing God that way, you'll do people that way too. Somebody does something for you, no matter if it's small or large, you don't take time to acknowledge it. You don't give thanks for it. See, Christians, we shouldn't be that way. And, you know, I know a lot of times you can be brought up in certain ways, maybe where that was not something that was instilled and taught into you. You know, you just take things for granted. You really don't value or, or, or you're not thankful for things. You got to change that because God wants us to give him thanksgiving and we need to give thanks to, for, to people when they do things for us. And you, you have to build that in. You have to build that in because you'll have a tendency to overlook it. I know <clears throat> it doesn't matter if somebody does something for me and it may be a, a, a very small thing and somebody might look at it and, and might think that, well, that's, you know, in the scope of things, that's not very significant. But to me, they did something for me. They took time to, number one, value me and do something kind for me. So if I possibly can, I'm, I'm going to express that thanksgiving and gratitude. Now, like I said, I may not do it, you know, the way I need to all the time, but I'm really striving for that. And I would really encourage you to do that too. I remember I had someone um, in, in the church, and this has been a number of years ago, and they brought something to me um, and they said, and th this was my mother's, and I want you to have it. Well, I'm, you know, I didn't know their mother. I didn't, it was a, a, a gentleman. I didn't know his mother, but I knew that he loved his mother. His mother had gone on to be with the Lord. And so to him, that had great value. And so to me, I didn't just pass that over and just say, you know, and I laid hands on that and I prayed over that. Now, you know, to him, it had lots of value. And so to me, I'm going to express and I'm going to share the thanks for what they did. So you understand what I'm saying? Be focused in your prayer and have an attitude of thanksgiving. Always be looking for things. Find things in your own life to where you thank him. And, and when you've been praying about something and you get breakthroughs, make sure you acknowledge him and you thank him for what he's done. Amen? All right, at the same time, pray for us. This is Paul talking. At the same time, pray for us too that God will open a door of opportunity to us, listen, for the word to proclaim the mighty, the mystery of Christ that I may make it clear and speak boldly and unfold the mystery in the way that I should. Okay, 
you know, there, Colossians, there's a lot in there. We've talked about all of the thanksgiving and focus in, in your prayer and your attitude and all of that. But here he's saying, I need you to be a prayer partner with me. This is Paul speaking. Um, and so I think Paul was setting up an example for leaders in the body of Christ and especially pastors in a local church. Pastors need people to stand with them, to pray in agreement with them. Now, if, if you're in a local church, and, and I would say most everybody that is here, you're here because number one, you love the Lord, number two, you love this church, and number three, you love your pastor. Isn't that right? You know, I, I would think that that's where most people are. And so that's what it takes to be a prayer partner. Now, if you, if you love and you're concerned about the church and about the pastor of the church, then if you can partner together and pray for the Word of God, to be released, an opportunity, a door of opportunity to be opened where um, the Word of God can be spoken clearly. The mystery of Jesus Christ can be spoken clearly and people can be ministered to. That's so very, very important. He said that I might make it clear and speak boldly and unfold the mystery in the way that I should. Every week, churches all over the world that are supposed to be Christian, and when they preach the word, it is not what we just read here. It isn't spoken boldly. So we need prayer so that the word of the Lord... Look, I'm going to tell you something. This is a prophetic ministry. This right here, Redemption Church is a prophetic ministry. And if you want the la, 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 and just skip along, it ain't going to work. Not here. Well, that's no news to you, is it? Because you know that. <laughs> you know, many, we're, we're called many times to stand for what we believe for and be persecuted for it. And see, he was on that secular show and everybody around him is, you know, for women's rights. Well, I'm a woman. You think I'm not for women's rights, but I'm for women's rights God's way. Not some nasty women that want to spew out all kinds of hatred and violence. Boy, I'm just going all over the place tonight. I better get focused in here. So you can see that we need to be <clears throat> partnering in our prayers and we need to be praying for this boldness for the ministers of God and that they will unfold the mystery in the way that it should be unfolded. Not, not apologizing for the Word of God, not backing up on things. You know, now I'll be the first to say, you don't have to smack people around with the Bible. But if you have to speak the hard things, I believe God will season your words with His salt. That's what I pray for ministers and myself. I pray that my words will be seasoned with his salt. Why? Salt is a preserving force. And I pray that his grace 
will be in my words, that I can speak the truth in love, but speak it and not back up and not skip around it and not apologize for it. So very important. And see, as, as you're a partner in prayer and praying for this ministry and praying for your pastor, those are things that you need to think about. Amen? Paul was communicating, as we read right here in Colossians 4, the need for partnership in prayer. So if Paul needed it, Pastor King needs it. If Pastor King needs it, all pastors, all ministers, everybody needs it. It's important. Amen? But he did, Paul was not just asking for the partnership to anybody. He was asking for the partnership through the people that he had touched through his ministry. And see, that's it. You've been touched through this ministry, and you've come in. Now you partner, and now you help touch other people as you pray and as you focus in and as you stand with us to do what God's called us to do. Now, I want to tell you this. There's spirits of sorcery that try to stop God's ministry. I mean, they're so blatant now. You know, the witches are coming out. You know, you read about the witches and and they're praying and fasting and doing all think kind of things against government and against the president and everything else. Well, don't you think they're not doing that related to ministers too because they want to stop everything. But now there's also misguided saints that that spirit of sorcery works through, trying to control, trying to manipulate. I tell you one thing that I have learned. It's not about my way or the highway. It's not about what I want. It's a lot, a lot of time, it's about what does God want? What about the situation? And see, when people, the saints, start praying mani manipulative, controlling prayers, they don't know the whole situation. And a leader knows the whole situation. I remember when we started <clears throat> um, this project down here, getting you know all that cleaned up and those lots combined, the parking and the fencing and all of that kind of stuff. And I remember uh, someone rose up in the congregation uh, and they said, we don't need to be doing that. We don't, we don't need to do it. And I'm thinking, you don't even know what you're talking about. You, you have no idea what's going on around here. You don't know the in, inward workings. You don't know what God wants to do, but yet you're going to, well, that's called a spirit of sorcery. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying you have to agree with everything because people do have different opinions, but there's a way to handle that and not by you know, not by praying against, speaking out against, you know, that's not the way that you do it. If you, if you felt that way, what would be the appropriate thing? Talk to God about it. Not in a man manipulation or controlling. Well, see, that's gone and that's past. We're already finished with that, so I can tell you that story. But that goes on all the time. You know, those are the kinds of things that go on in churches, not just this one, but, you know, all churches. Pastors and all ministers need specific, listen to me, specific, targeted, and focused prayer from people who love and care about them. That is so important when we're talking about um, partnering in prayer. Pray for them personally and pray for them, you know, the vision and the call that God has given. That's so important. Now, I'm, I'm 
you know, finishing up here. But I, I needed to say this. I needed to say this tonight, and I don't want to cut it short. So what do pastors face? I just want to tell you just a little bit about what pastors face. I might know a little bit about that. Okay. Pastors go through something called the Monday morning blues. And it's about mind games. That's what it is. And so you can help in your partnering in prayer if you know that. Well, he just needs to get stronger. They need to be strong. Yeah, yeah, you are strong. But that doesn't mean that they're not an attack and there's not things that you have to deal with. Whatever, you know, in that service, if you didn't like how you presented the message or sister so-and-so in the door was insulting and this, you know, usher was in strife with this one. You know, whatever, it, it can be all kinds of things. There's different things that happen that you have no way of understanding or knowing and so that Monday morning blues thing, and if you can pray against that and stand against it, how good is that? And then also the care of the ministry. Paul said the care of ministry comes upon me when? Daily. Every day there are things that you face. And so if you know that and you partner with us in prayer, that's a, a great way that you can pray knowing that and stand against that and pray for solutions and answers to come. And then there's one that everybody would understand, and that's the finances. You know, you look at your finance. We stay on top of the finances here. I know an accountant recently when we were refinancing um, the building and got a better interest rate and all that and lowered the years and, and did all that kind of thing. And they say, we've never seen a church so well on top of their finances. And that's right. We stay on top of those finances. But you know why we do? Because we've had to. We've had to. We've had to be focused in on that because things do not come easy in ministry. If you could have been around in the beginning, you can't believe this now as you look around and you see all this, but I remember when we had to believe for the first typewriter, a desk, and a little Baptist guy that I worked with uh, before we went to California uh, and moved from here. And, and we came back, and uh, that little Baptist fella, he brought us a typewriter, a desk, and whatever else that he could get, and he wanted to help us. And, you know, despise not small beginnings, you know, because it was small, I'll just tell you that. It was small, it was tough, and I don't know how we did it, but here we are. So finances are a real problem in ministry, or can be, and so, you know, you pray with us, you, you pull with us, you agree with us. Amen? And then the, uh, the fourth thing, problems with division among people, strife and discord and, and all of that kind of thing. You know, this one against that one, this one against what the pastor preached, this one against they don't like this about him. You know, they don't like this about a staff member. They don't like this about somebody. Just contention, contention. Oh, well, you know, everybody at Redemption is so sweet. They would never do that. Well, you just keep believing that, honey. <laughs> Let your faith work on that mountain. <laughs> no, Redemption is just like any church. We're full of a lot of good, sweet people, but they're things that happen. And so you partnering, partnering in prayer with us on these things. Do you take to heart what I'm saying here? 
And I really felt like I was supposed to talk about this tonight. Who knows? We're, you know, we may be um, closing in the time that we spent in prayer over these Wednesday nights. And so I, I for sure wanted to get that in there before we end. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.